Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, I will let you know that I'm coming off the back of two of our biggest public seminars to date. We ran our best-selling, most popular uh, seminar, Finding Emotional Freedom, not only in Newcastle on Saturday, but then we took it on tour to the Central Coast on Sunday. And let me tell you, the energy in those rooms and the changes we saw in the people who attended was phenomenal. And it got me thinking. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not from Newcastle or Central Coast, but you love what we do and you really resonate with it, well, you should be able to get access to some of the knowledge that we presented at Finding Emotional Freedom as well, which is why on this week's episode, I'm going to take you through some of the key lessons that we taught at Finding Emotional Freedom so you can gain access to that life-changing knowledge for yourself. So without a doubt, I'm so excited to deliver this content to you today. I know it's going to make a huge difference in your life because I've just seen it impact over 100 people's lives on the weekend. We're going to get into this week's episode of the podcast, which is all about finding emotional freedom. So before we dive into the life-changing content of this podcast episode, we actually have to make a couple of agreements first, because I know one thing about you if you're listening to this podcast each week, and that's you're looking for change for life. Now, I don't know what that change is, and I don't have to know. See, I'm not an expert on you. I'm an expert on emotional intelligence and on human behavior. You're the only person who can be an expert on you. So it's up to you to define what that change is for yourself. Whether it's big or small, whether it's in your career, your self-perception, your health, your relationships, wherever that change is, get clear on it. Because throughout this episode, I'm going to be covering a lot of valuable content that you can use to help you begin growing towards achieving that change. And here are our rules of change at BU. We've got some key rules that we have to agree to. And the first is that all change requires discomfort. You cannot grow in your comfort zone. As human beings, we grow by adaptation, right? Getting out of our comfort zone, being forced to change. The brain is really good at being lazy. It won't change unless we force it to. So if I say something in this episode or in any episode, really, of this podcast that challenges you and pushes you and you feel uncomfortable, you're welcome. That's change happening. So the second rule of change is that emotions are a positive sign of change. No, we're in a society that teaches us to repress our emotions, to not look at them, to just stuff our feelings down. But really, emotions and feelings, they're showing us that something's changing. And throughout this episode, obviously, with it being finding emotional freedom, we're going to talk a lot about emotions. So as you listen, if something like sadness or you know, frustration or stress or guilt or happiness and excitement and humor comes up, whatever feelings come up throughout this episode or any of the episodes uh, on this podcast... Go there, explore them, find out what they're trying to tell you. It's a positive sign something's happening and something meaningful. And the third rule is that anxiety peaks right before success. So I'm going to put my my money where my mouth is rather than just saying that I'm going to get you to prove it to yourself. If you can close your eyes while listening, do so. But if you're driving, obviously keep them open. Just think back in your life to a decision you made that was quite a big decision. And looking back now, you realize it was one of the best things you could have done for yourself. You know, it was getting into a job, leaving a job, asking someone out, leaving a relationship. Whatever it may have been, it was a big decision and a big moment. 
And I want you to recognize that leading up to that decision, when you finally took action on it, you felt this weird blend of excitement and fear. See, when we feel that blend, that fear and excitement together, that's a green light. That's a sign that you're making a good decision that's going to pay off. It's going to be really beneficial for you. So if you've been thinking about a change and putting it off because there's a bit of fear there, as long as it's balanced by excitement, I'm telling you now, that is the right move for you. Take action on that change. And the final agreement we're going to make before we start this episode and really get deep into it is positive change requires a vision. See, change is always happening and we can have good change or bad change. And I know you know that in your life, you probably had changes that you didn't want, but they happened. But positive change relies on us having a clear vision of where we want to go. You can spend your whole life running away from what you don't want. It's not going to get you any closer to what you do want. So it's time to start getting clear on what you do want. So what I'm going to do now is give you a couple of moments. And if if you can, pause this podcast for as long as you need to to come up with this answer. But I'm going to give you a couple of moments to start thinking, what do I actually want? What do I want out of this podcast? Out of this episode? And why did you start playing it? Finding emotional freedom. It obviously meant something to you and you're listening to it for a reason. What do you want out of your life? What is the change you're looking for? Go. So now that you're coming into this episode with a much clearer vision of what you actually want to change and achieve by being here, I've got to bust some myths about emotions before we deep dive into it. Because obviously this episode is called Finding Emotional Freedom, right? But let's talk about that. There's three key myths of emotions that tend to be perpetuated throughout social media these days. And the first is that there's good and bad emotions and that the secret to happiness is to just think happy thoughts and you'll be fine. Well, that doesn't work. See, the positive thinking movement is so flawed. We actually called it BU, the repression movement. It teaches people to repress their feelings. Because if you think about it, if you're a positive thinker and you're telling yourself you're only allowed to think positively, you're only allowed to be happy, you can't ever feel sad or stressed or anxious, well, then what happens when naturally something happens in life and you end up feeling stressed? Right? Well, now you get angry at yourself for being stressed. Can you see how it compounds? Or what about when we feel anxious? But we tell ourselves we're not allowed to feel anxious because we're meant to be a positive thinker. So now we're anxious about feeling anxious. And we can see how that's going to end up being a problem. So there's no good and bad emotions. They're all useful. They all serve their purpose and have their place. The key is emotional flexibility, the ability to move between them to be in the emotional state that's going to help us the most in that particular situation. And the second myth is that you're either an emotional person or you're not. You know, it's all so common for people to go, oh, my, my partner, my husband, my boyfriend, my family member, someone, maybe even yourself, I'm just not an emotional person, I just don't feel things. Well, heads up, you're not a robot, you're a human being. And humans are driven by emotions, we're emotionally driven beings. So, chances are you do feel things, we're all born feeling things, you've just learned to repress them really, really, really well. And on the flip side, for the people who say, I'm just a naturally emotional person, you know, it's just who I am to just get overwhelmed by my emotions and to have no idea whether they're coming or they're going. Well, that's not true either. That's just where you are at the moment. You just haven't learnt uh, or developed the skill of emotional intelligence, which is something that allows us to manage our emotions rather than having them manage us. 
And later in this episode, I'm going to tell you about the stages of emotional intelligence, and you'll very clearly see where you're at. And the third myth we need to cover before we move through is that, ironically, you can find emotional freedom. Um, You can't find it. You're never going to trip over some emotional freedom that someone's left on the ground. I can't send you a surprise package with some emotional freedom in it. Emotional freedom is a skill. It's something that has to be practiced and developed over time. But like any other skill, you can learn it, you can develop it. You just need the right guidance and tools and techniques, which is quite exciting because it means anyone can learn to live a life that is emotionally free. So now that we've covered those myths of emotional emotional intelligence and myths of emotions as a whole, let's move on to what emotional intelligence is and how it differs from IQ. So I imagine you've heard of IQ before. Nearly everyone has. Our entire schooling system and university system in Australia is based on it. But here's the thing with IQ. It's not actually correlated with that much. And it's actually quite limited. Like, you can't grow it that much. There's not much change available in IQ. So, if not IQ, what's the alternative? Well, that's EQ. Emotional intelligence, which is how well do you understand how you feel? How aware are you of how you feel? How much can you accept it and change it? Now, EQ is amazing because it it can be rapidly grown and developed with the right guidance. I said before, emotional freedom is a skill, and I, I do truly mean that. This can be grown. We've seen it time and time again in our clients. It's absolutely amazing. But the cool thing about EQ is it's correlated with so much. Now, having a higher IQ is correlated with more rapid development through, the career, through your career path, with higher pay on average, with happier and longer-lasting relationships, with higher self-esteem and self-confidence and purpose, with lower struggles with anxiety and stress and self-doubt, with better physical health. You know, EQ really does seem to be this magic, um, you know, one-size-not-fits-all, but definitely makes a contribution to every factor of fulfillment in our life. So why aren't we talking about EQ more? Now, it's crazy that our emotions are what drive our behavior. Literally every decision you make day to day, every action you take, which means obviously every result you achieve in life or don't achieve, is based on your emotional intelligence, is based on your ability to be aware of and understand your emotions. So why aren't we talking about it more? You know, this is something that needs to be spoken about. And I think that's the problem that we're facing at the moment in society is EQ and looking after our emotional well-being still seems to be such a reactive thing. People aren't being proactive with their emotional well-being. They're not going, okay, I'm going to grow my emotional intelligence and look after my emotional well-being before I get diagnosed with depression and anxiety. They're waiting until they get diagnosed with depression and anxiety to then go and look after their emotional well-being. And that's the same as saying, I'm not going to exercise or eat well until my doctor tells me I've had a heart attack. It just doesn't make sense. But unfortunately, there's so much of a stigma around looking after our emotional well-being that people are still putting it off. And let me promise you now, if you're listening to this, growing your emotional intelligence, looking after your emotional well-being doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you need to be fixed. It means you're really smart, right? Because as I said before, growing your emotional intelligence is correlated with so many other benefits in life it's obvious to just look after your emotional intelligence, grow it, develop it, because it's going to have such a positive flow-on effect to all other areas. So please, please, please do not procrastinate. Don't wait until you're diagnosed or you're really, really emotionally struggling before you go, oh, this is something to look after. Be proactive with your emotional well-being and your emotional intelligence training. Now, with that said, I'm going to teach you about the five stages of EQ now. 
So the five key stages that people can be at and what each stage means. Let's work through the stages of EQ together. Now, as I mentioned before, there's five key stages that people can uh, get stuck at along the way. Now, the first stage of emotional intelligence is what we call emotionally unaware. And unfortunately, this is where we see a lot of our Australian men get stuck because they're taught from a very young age that men don't have feelings. That we're not meant to talk about how we feel, we're meant to repress our emotions, push them away, just get rid of them. And that's the key thing that happens here. Now, at stage one, people become really good at repressing how they feel. And they end up with the emotional range of, I feel good or I feel bad, and there's nothing in between. And you might know someone in your life like this, someone who, when you ask them how they feel and what's going on, they genuinely don't have an answer for it. They don't have a word to describe how they feel because they're so good at pushing it down and repressing. Now, the danger of being stuck at stage one is, you might already know this, but the number one Um, cause of death for men under 45 in Australia is suicide, which shouldn't be the case, especially in today's era when we have, you know, so much knowledge about well-being and and happiness. It shouldn't be the case that so many people are taking their own lives, but I believe a big contributor to that is getting stuck at stage one, where it's pushing down how you feel for so long, not even being aware of what that feeling is, but eventually you just feel so bad, you think the only way out is to take your own life. And I think that's something that needs to change culturally. So if you are feeling, listening to this going, wow, that's where I'm at, I'm stuck at stage one, I just, I, I feel good or I feel bad, there's no in between, I don't even know those feelings. I want to let you know that change is possible and there is hope there. And if you are really, really struggling, please do reach out um, to Lifeline and connect with them or, or reach out to a friend or a loved one and just open up and begin talking because just that act of beginning to talk about how you feel and open up can actually help you move through to stage two. So let's look at stage two now. So stage two of emotional intelligence is where we call, we call it emotionally aware. Now emotionally aware, you know how you feel, you just don't know why you feel that way. And it gets really overwhelming. You know, so for example, uh, it says to you, you might wake up one morning and you feel great, or you wake up the next morning and you're really struggling with anxiety, and you have no idea why. It's almost like it comes and goes like a massive wave, and we, we tend to say that people at stage two really experience their emotions like a freight train. They don't have like a 5 out of 10 anxiety. If it's going to be anxiety, it's 10 out of 10. It's not like a 5 out of 10 day, it's a 10 out of 10 day, right? They really find their emotions just creep up on them, knock them for 10, really surprise them. So obviously the struggle here is you're gambling with your emotions. You You might feel good, you might feel bad, who knows? You might have a happy day, you might have a stressful day, who knows? And that's a lot of gambling. Um, I think life's too short to gamble with our emotions. So then we move to stage three. Now, stage three of emotional intelligence, and what we're about to talk about is most people will be able to get here somewhat on their own. They'll move through stage one, two, and three over their lifespan naturally anyway. But at stage three, you're emotionally aware and you even understand why you feel that way. Like, okay, I'm struggling with self-doubt because I think this about myself. Or I have low self-esteem because I look at myself this way. Or... um, you know, I'm really stressing at the moment because I'm focusing on all of this stuff I've got to do and how little of a time frame I have to do it in. So you can even articulate and sort of justify the feeling. At stage three, you're like, cool, I know what I'm feeling, I know why I'm feeling that, but then you fight it. So at stage three, you'll start resisting it. And we've got a saying here, what you resist will persist. So it fight backs hard, uh, the feeling fights harder back, right? We just go back and forth, back and forth, fight, 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 fight. No one's winning that. 
until eventually, and this is where most people get stuck, they get to stage three on their own, they fight the feeling, and then they go, oh my god, I don't know how to get out of this, so I'm going to repress it. And they push that feeling aside, they bury their feelings. We've all done that before where we wake up and go, okay, I'll deal with how I'm feeling later. Right now, I've got other things to focus on. I'm too busy. Or I've got to look after the kids, or I've got to look after the family, or I've got to go to work. We've got all these other distractions that we use to go, okay, I'll deal with my feelings later. But that just puts us straight back at stage one, back at that emotional repression, right? So people will get stuck on this little loop, this little treadmill of moving between stage one to three and just dropping back to stage one. So in a moment, I'm going to talk to you about stage four and five, because that's where life gets really fun and really enjoyable. Stage four of emotional intelligence really relies on acceptance, you know, it's one word that makes such a world of difference and it's so easy to talk about and so difficult to do. But when we start accepting how we feel, when we start accepting what's going on, now when I say acceptance, I don't mean you have to like it. I don't mean you have to put up with it. I don't mean you have to be okay with it. It's just accepting that that's how it is right now. Because when you stop resisting everything, it's actually going to pass quicker. You know, it's like playing a game of tug of war. If you stop tugging the damn rope, the other side's going to stop tugging as well. Game over. Done. Right? If you stop tugging against anxiety and stress, if you lean into it, if you learn to accept it and work through it, you're actually going to get a lot more control over it. And we like to say it's almost, it's getting close to what we don't want to feel to better understand it and to have more leverage over it, which is terrifying. It's why so few people manage to get into stage four on their own. I'd say the only people I know who get into stage four and five of emotional intelligence have done so as the result of emotional intelligence coaching and training. You know, they've learned the techniques, tools, and strategies to be able to practice acceptance and do that. So at stage four, we have emotional awareness, we have understanding, and we have acceptance, but we don't yet have change. You know, we might be able to look back in retrospect and go, oh, okay, I see why I was stressed and I can accept what was going on and that's in the past. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm going to learn from it and move forward. And that's the distinguishing difference between stage four and stage five. See, at stage five, you have the tools, techniques, and strategies to catch a feeling as it arises, decide whether or not it's going to be beneficial to the situation, and then either lean into it and accept it so it goes away or redirect it and change how you feel no matter what's going on around you. That, my friends, is the true definition of emotional freedom, being able to choose how you feel no matter what's happening around you. There's so much amazing research on this. You know, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, who went into Auschwitz as a prisoner of war and started discovering that it's not our situations and our events in life that determine how we feel, rather it is our response to those situations and events that determines how we feel. Which means if we can learn how to take responsibility for our own response, to understand our own response psychologically, emotionally, and physically, and we gain the tools and strategies to change that response, well, we get to choose how we feel, which means we get better reactions and behaviors, we take better action, and we get better results in our life. This is why EQ is correlated with better relationships with higher income, with better career progression, with uh, longer lasting health and higher quality of health, and obviously with self-esteem as well, and with purpose and confidence and fulfillment and happiness and thriving, all these things that we seek in life. This is why emotional intelligence is correlated so strongly with all of them, because at stage five of emotional intelligence, you have the ability 
to choose how you feel no matter what's going on around you. And those feelings will drive your behavior. So just take a little moment now to think about each of those five stages of emotional intelligence and highlight which one you think you currently spend most of your time at. Now, it is contextual. You might be a stage four in your relationship and a stage one at work. But just think over your life, where do you spend the majority of your time at the moment? And it doesn't matter which stage. You know, we've all started at one before. It's fine. There's no judgment there. It's just recognizing where you're currently at so then you can see the roadmap of where to move and where to go. So just give a little circle or a highlight to which stage you think you currently spend most of your time at. So now that you've discovered that and you've circled that, you at least know where you're starting from and you've got a vision of where you can move in the future. That's the key. See, when I was first learning this, it felt so good for me to just... Now, I was stuck at stage two when I first found out about emotional intelligence. I was just overwhelmed by my feelings every single day and I had no understanding of them. I just knew what I didn't like to feel, right? And so it meant so much to me to see that there was a path. There was a way forward. There was a way to grow. There was a way to develop. And now, look, no one's perfect. We're all human. I'd be lying to you if I said I spend all of my time at stage five, but I spend the majority of my time there. I drop back to stage four and three every so often. And occasionally, life will throw a massive curveball at me and I'll drop down to a stage one. But here's the thing. When you know how to work your way back to a stage five and when you've done it before, you start to do it quicker and quicker. It's like building a habit or building a muscle, which is incredibly beneficial. So now that you know where you are and you've got a vision of where you could be and where you can go, let me promise you the difference that will make the difference is learning emotional intelligence. Now, how you do that is up to you. You can either buy some books on emotional intelligence or whatever reaches out to you, but obviously the most efficient and effective way is working with a coach. It's why I've had a coach since I was quite young. It's why I still have a coach today. And obviously, you know, I'm now a coach for people all around the world. So I believe in, in coaching. And the reason is a coach can tailor it specifically to you. They can take the tools and strategies that will work best for you where you're currently at to help you move forward efficiently and effectively and teach you how to do that yourself. You know, a good coach, make sure you're not reliant on them. So if coaching is something that you've thought about and you'd like to find out more about, and whether it's with us or with someone else, you can reach out to us at BU Coaching. So email us at grow at bucoaching.org. So G-R-O-W at B-U, just the letters B-U, coaching.org. And just mention this podcast. You know, even drop in your email. Hey, you know, I think this is the stage of emotional intelligence I'm currently at. I want to move to the next stages. How do I do that? And one of my team will be able to help you out and begin putting together a bit of a tailored plan for you in how to move forward. Because that's why we do what we do. We love seeing other people grow and develop their emotional intelligence so that they can truly thrive in life rather than just getting by. So make sure you reach out to myself and to my team, email us, send us a Facebook message, whatever feels right to you, even jump jump on the website. And honestly, I know you would have got so much value out of today's session, just understanding those myths of emotions, not letting them get in the way anymore and clearly understanding each of the five stages of emotional intelligence and reckoning, recognizing where you're currently at, I know that makes such a difference because it honestly changed my life. So I look forward to connecting with you further, whether that be via email or our Facebook page or whether you know I just get to connect with you again in next week's episode. But as always, from the bottom of my heart, be empowered, be exceptional and be you.